Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey, my friends, welcome into episode number 90 of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, where my guest on the show is Kip Schubert. Now, if you don't know Kip, I got to tell you this. Kip is one of the most inspirational human beings that I know. Kip has almost 30 years of experience in education, and now he is all about sharing his secret sauce as an educator, coach, author, and speaker, as well as being the host of the Secret Sauce with Kip Schubert podcast. Kip is just relentless when it comes to pushing and sharing his belief that school culture and success depends on all of us being all in and all together to cultivate connections so that everybody feels seen, heard, and valued. Uh, Kip has a brand new book out titled Struggle to Strength, and he and I sat down and had a conversation not only about the book, but just about life, about education, and just the connection that he and I have. Um, It's a great conversation. You're going to hear the entire thing right after this. Hey, Education Heroes, this is Kyle Hill, founder of the Recharged Family and host of the Exhausted Educators Recharged Podcast. I want to tell you about something amazing that's happening this summer called the Recharged Family Back to School Virtual Bash. Our Recharged Family team is working to put together over 50 workshops provided by educational leaders from across multiple continents. The idea here is that we're all working together to help you and educators everywhere get ready for the new school year. And an amazing feature of all this is it's all going to be video recorded workshops. You can watch them all year long. Registration opens up on July 1st. And as long as you register before August 1st, you'll get everything for 10 bucks. You can register at rechargefamily.com. That's rechargefamily.com. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. You know, from time to time, every one of us has a struggle that we go through. And oftentimes we can feel like we're the only ones going through that struggle and that, you know, it's lonely and it's difficult and it's challenging. But ultimately, if we make our way through that struggle and we're successful getting to the other side, we can find lessons in it. We can find ways to truly look back and say, you know what, this has made me a better person or this has made me a better educator or whatever the case may be. My guest on the show today is Kip Schubert. And Kip is someone who has an absolutely amazing story around taking a struggle, multiple struggles, and turning them into strengths. Kip, my friend, welcome into the show. Thanks, Pep, for having me. I'm honored uh, to be on the show with you, uh, leaning into leadership. And let's just have a conversation and and uh, talk about how we're going to change the world with this conversation. Absolutely, man. You know it. I love it. I love it. So just, just really quick. Kip, for for any of my listeners who don't know who you are, just the elevator version, man. Like, who is Kip Schubert? Kip Schubert is a 30-year educator, coach, um, author, and speaker. And 
Uh, for the longest time, I've taught uh, social studies in middle school and coached high school soccer. And it's just been a calling for me. Um, it's something that I love to do, and I get to make a difference every, every single day. And Ten years ago, I found myself uh, homeless. Uh, I was an alcoholic and in, in rehab. And then since then, um, I've been sober almost nine and a half years now. And um, just learned a lot, not just about being a better man and a better husband and a better father and son and brother and all that, but really being a present, every everyday educator and coach. That's awesome stuff, man. I love that. And we're going to unpack a whole lot of that, I think, as, as we go through our conversation today. Um, but uh, I, I think where I want to start uh, with you is is almost more at the end of your story than it is uh, back to the beginning of your story. Um, as as you and I are hitting uh, the record button on this particular episode, your book, Struggle to Strength, uh, Finding the Ingredients for Your Secret Sauce, is just about to be released. Um, as your publisher, I just did want my, my final read-through just before we hit the record button. And... You know, as I was going through, um, there's just there's so many pieces that that hit me. But but I want to go to the moment when you guys, you and Cindy, uh, made that transition from you know a, a lifetime in the state of Oklahoma to to now being in Colorado. When, when you and I met in person uh, the first time, we've we've been fortunate enough to be in the same room together multiple times. We'll do it again over the course of the summer uh, again. Uh, but that just that move that that transitioning from living in Oklahoma your entire life to moving to Colorado, you know you talk about education being a calling, but I think sometimes the where we end up living, where we choose to live in our life, is a part of that as well, and a lot of people end up where they end up because of a job, but you guys made a conscious decision that Woodland Park, Colorado was where you wanted to be. Let's talk about that. Yeah, we, um, again, we had lived in Oklahoma our entire lives. So we've been here two years, so 50 plus years we were in Oklahoma. And, um, you know, of course not married that long, uh, but Cindy and I grew up in the same town. Um, and so, and we've known each other since middle school. And so our whole lives have been in Oklahoma and we always vacationed up around Woodland Park, Colorado. And for those of you who don't know, it's on the other side of Pikes Peak. Um, and so we're about 9,000 feet elevation and we're in the mountains. Um, we haven't had a day over 70 degrees yet and it's in the middle to the end of June. Um, and so it's just something where we lo- we just loved the mountains, the nature, the, the just the majestic scenery that you, that you have and um, when you're in the mountains. And so, so it's where we wanted to retire. And when COVID hit, we found ourselves, you know, with everything shutting down and all this, the things that came with COVID and not just in education, but in our everyday life, we found ourselves asking us this one question. It was like, are we just living to go to a job to pay bills or are we really living big? And if we were honest about the answer to that question, it was, I mean, we were going to our jobs to pay our bills until we, until we could retire so we could move up and finally start living our dream. And COVID made us realize why wait? 
And so we just put our house up for sale. It sold before it even went on the market. And so we were in trying to find a house here in Colorado. And it was a big ordeal because we never we thought we were going to be living in a van down by the river uh, with Chris <laughs> Farley. Um, you know, it's just that's how it's just the housing market here was insane. Um, but it all ended up working out. But it was just about making the most of the years that we have, and and really instead of you know living life to to make a living we wanted to live life to to make a life and so um we made the move and now we are living and of course we're still working and paying our bills but we're living in a place where we always dreamed uh, we would end up and so i get to walk out each day um, park my car in the parking lot and go into my school building and i can look up and see pikes peak in the mountains and it's just it reminds me that i'm just in an amazing place still getting to do what i love to do um, but living where we want to live and so i just i'm glad we did it and i encourage everybody to you know make the most of of your life i think we just let it slip away um way too often getting caught up in those mundane routines um you know that we get caught up in because supposedly that's what we were supposed to do right um and we just wanted to live and, and live big so our next dream is to, in the next five years, we're going to buy a big RV tour bus. And if I'm speaking, um, we're taking the tour bus, and she can work from the tour bus, and we're just going to go go where we want to go and while we're still working and, and, and paying our bills. so Because um, life is short, and so we got to make the most of it. I, th- I think that's one of the most powerful takeaways from that is that life is short. Um, you, know, you, know, you know, I did. It's something kind of similar with uh, not not that Omaha, Nebraska was like the, oh, my God, this is where we've always wanted to live. I mean, we love it here. Don't get me wrong. But um, for us, it was more um, do we continue to, you know, work, you know, in a way simply because we have bills, simply because, you know, we're start you know, we're saving towards a retirement or we have this, or we have that, you know, or do we just simply say, you know what, we only get to do this once why why should right. we wait until we retire to do the things we want to do and uh that to me right. that's just that's just such a powerful takeaway and i do think that a lot of people um maybe had had a little bit of that wake up call you know during uh, during the time uh that that we went through with the pandemic where you know we were stuck at home and all of a sudden once we you know got the heebie-jeebies out about not going to the office every single day or going to the classroom every single day. Right. All of a sudden, I think a lot of us started to realize, hey, this ain't too bad. You know, and maybe right. Maybe I better enjoy living while I'm still living because there's no guarantee that tomorrow is going to come. And just because you, I like how you said no. this uh, when you were talking – just because that's what we've always been told we were supposed to do, you know, save X amount every month towards right. retirement, do, you know, do this, you know, and then at 62, you know, you can retire. Uh, a good mutual friend of ours, Tom Cody, I love how he talks about it, you know, spent 40 years in a classroom, got a plant. I mean, really, is that what it's all about? You know, you get a plant, <laughs> you know, we no, and, and please, folks, yeah. don't don't everybody run and quit your job tomorrow because Kip and I are talking about this <laughs> right. this way. I, I think the important right. lesson here is, damn it, you got to live your life and 
try uh-huh. to live a life not beholden to something, right? Right. I mean, it's just, and one of the things I always like to say is, and I use this in class and in with my soccer teams too. It's like, you know, we get caught in these cycles, right? That that we get so comfortable in, and so we just do things because that's the way they've always been done around here. Yep. You know, and that's one of the things me and Cindy were talking about. Are we just we're doing the same thing every day, every week, every month, just like everybody else for what? To enjoy the last 10 years. And, you know, part of that was her, her cancer diagnosis, too, was really got us thinking about making the most of all the time. And, and you know, but we do that in, as whether, whether we're in our personal life or professional life, how often do we just do the same thing over and over and over and without even thinking about it? And we just waste days. Like yeah. Today is the only day that the only June sixteenth, twenty twenty three, we're going to get. It's the only time me and you're going to talk on this podcast today. I mean, we have to make the most of, of every minute that we have, and so it's just, you know, I call it living big. And um, why wait until you're sixty two or you're sixty five, um, or some people seventy five? I see some people teaching until they can barely move because they have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just instead of living, so it's just. Um, we got to live life and make the most of it and, and, and make a difference while we're doing it. Yeah. Well, and I think you hit a big point there is make a difference. So, um, you know, obviously you and I connected uh, the same way so many of us are connected, and that's that's through social media. And, you know, one of the things that I really love um, seeing you share over the years are things that are happening in your classroom. I think you do just a really wonderful job of sharing stories from within your classroom with your middle school students. Um, and just, you know, hearing and seeing, you know, joy on their faces, hearing it in their voices, you know, when you share a video or, um, or what have you. I think that opportunity to make a difference in the life of others is something you, you referred to, you know, education being your calling. Uh, early on. Um, I I say that because I want to kind of pull that into this concept of the secret sauce. Um, That's, that's kind of how you and I first connected was you talking about, you know, finding the ingredients to your secret sauce. So what the hell's the secret sauce, Kip? What's the secret sauce? The, the, The secret sauce, and we all have it. And it's all different. It's all unique to to each one of us. But to me, the secret sauce is those natural abilities and talents that we have. Some of those talents and abilities can be, you know, honed and developed and disciplined over time. Um, we may gain and add some as we go through our through our journey. Um, and then it's taking those those abilities and talents and combining them with those those defining moments in your story, those, those moments where you have the ability to, to, to learn something, to get a big less, a life lesson. And you either model them, um, or you, and using those talents and abilities, you teach that to your students in an authentic and real and, and raw way. Um, and so I knew that, you know, from a very early age, I knew that being able to connect with people, especially young people, um, as I got into to coaching and teaching was a gift that I had. Uh, but I always thought that gift was for me to build me up instead of the other way around. And um, I've learned the last 10 years, especially how to use parts of my story to really connect with kids. Because if, if we want that, 
that outcome of achievement and success and in, in, in academic scores and data and things like that. For me, the foundation to be able to do that is to connect and build authentic, real relationships with who's in front of me. If I do that, they're going to run through a wall for me. If I don't, you know, it's just if they're if they're if they're intelligent, they're going to be intelligent. If they're not, they're just going to be mediocre, right? And so it's just using those kind of things and making sure that that every kid is seen, heard, and loved. Um, it's important to me, and understanding and earning the right to hear their story. Uh, so because a lot if, when I share my story and do certain things in class, um, kids will begin to share with me about their life. And a lot of times we have so many things that can are in common or that we can relate to one another on. And it just really helps build that bond. And then that teaching part and that coaching part becomes that much more powerful um, towards whatever growth we're looking for, whether it's academic or personal or athletic or, you know, what have you. So I'm curious. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. So I'm a classroom yeah. teacher, and my principal brought me or brought you, Kip Schubert, into my school. And you're up in front, and you're talking about our secret sauce, and you're talking about relationships. Well, that's not my gift. That isn't my gift. Maybe I'm not that teacher who's really good at building relationships. How do I find my secret sauce, or do I just tune you out and start working on my lesson plans? What what, what is What's your response to, hey, I'm not about relationships. What What's my secret sauce? Well, and again, I, that's a good question. And I think if, if we're in the field of education, period, no matter what your role is, whether you're administration, you know, a classroom teacher, a coach, or even a support staff member, we're in the people business, first and foremost. And so being in the people business, whether it's your thing or not, you know, whether you're good at it or not, you're building in relationships and you're making connections one way or the other. And so does that have to be your superpower? Think something that you're good at? Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be what that's your thing, right? But if you take those things that you're, maybe you're really good at differentiation or something like that. I'm the pedagogy stuff. I'm not good at, but maybe you are. If you take those things that you're really good at and you begin to weave the lessons from your story into what you're teaching and how you teach, you're going to connect in a more real and authentic way with those kids, which is going to drive the success that you're, that you're seeking academically anyway. And you're going to, again, just empower them personally um, as human beings, which is really what teachers do. And I get a lot of, I've heard and gotten pushback on when I talk about the secret sauce, but I've had people tell me I'm not about relationships. I, I'm, that's not what I'm, I, I, I'm a teacher. I teach content. It's not my job to be their parent or to be their counselor or to be their mentor or whatever else. My job is to teach them science or teach them math. And I say to that, that's great. But when they're an adult, when they're 30, they're not going to remember a damn thing that you taught them about science. They're going to remember how you made them feel. And so whether, you, whether you're good at relationships or building connections or not, you're still in the people business. And maybe, you're, maybe, you, maybe you aren't great at it. You don't have to be. But weave those, those lessons in your story because your story matters. And, and everyone listening, it doesn't really matter if you've been an alcoholic or homeless or not. You don't have to have these, you know, these excessive 
bad stories. Your life could be great for the most part. But we all have things in our life that we've gone through that we've had to grow through that can be lessons that we can impart to these kids because they're not going to learn resilience and grit from working through a tough assignment in your classroom. Can they practice and develop that grit and resilience doing that? Sure. They're going to learn it because they see you model it. They see you talk about it. They see you not give up and keep pushing forward even when you want to, even when things get tough. And if you share, even if you are having a bad day, talk to your kids about it. Share with them why you're having a bad day. And it could be for some, you know, maybe your dog, you know, peed on your shoes before you left the house and so you had to change. And then when you went outside, you didn't have an umbrella and you got poured on before you got to the car. I mean, it could be your coffee spilled all over you. I mean, it could be those kind of things. But when you share that, the kids are going to see, hey, that that guy, that that gal, they're real. They go through some, some they go through some same things that we go through. And so you can continue to show and model that as you teach your content. And you're still developing those connections and relations as you do that. I, th- I think the big takeaway there, uh, so many good things right there. I love that so much. Uh, but the big takeaway there is, it, number one, yes, we are in the people business, period. And number two, everybody has their own special gifts and talents. You just have to be willing to lean into those right. things, I think. Um, you know, yes, yeah, some people, the relationship piece just is not a natural thing for them. Maybe they're just more of an introverted individual, not an extrovert, or maybe, you know, they just, they just are somebody who it takes time to get to know kids, or maybe they just need to be really intentional, right? Um, you know, I've worked with a right. lot of schools across the country in the last couple of years, and, and that has come up. That's why I ask you the question, because I've actually heard that, you know, I'm not good at relationship building. You know, so so now what, Mr. Speaker guy? Well, you know what? You're absolutely right, Kip. Uh, you're in the people business, so you better figure it out. Maybe that means you need to find some ways to just simply be intentional. You know, uh, maybe that's just a simple questionnaire for your students. You can just learn a couple of things about them without having to just sit and have those conversations. You know, just those little right. things. You know, you don't have to find a thousand things. You got to find one thing. Very early on in the podcast, one. Um, I remember having uh, one of my very, very close friends on on the show, Eric Lillis. Um, I don't remember the episode number, but it's like in the first 10. Um, and Eric talked about just walking across, uh, you know, through uh, through his uh, his campuses are all very closely uh, together. He's the executive director of a charter school. And just seeing a girl hanging out by herself at lunch, and he just commented on her shoes, you know. He's, the, he's a big Chuck Taylor guy. You know, he loves Chucks. She was wearing yeah. Chucks. Boom, struck up a conversation. Like you said, just one thing. It only has to be one thing that maybe you find as a commonality that you can say something about. Heck, I build relationships with kids when I go into somebody else's school now. And it's just, I see one thing. Boom, that's all it takes. You know, you just have to be, exactly. you just got to be willing and, to look, right? You got to be intentional. intentional. Yeah, and one thing I've, I've shared, um, I don't know if we've ever talked about it or not, but there's, and I, and I share this with my team at school, get your butt out of your classroom between classes. Get into the hallways. Even if you're just giving fist bumps and high fives and, 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 you know, and talking with the kids and messing around with them and stuff, it just gives you an opportunity to connect. And, you know, I had a, a lot of the people on my team were always in their rooms. 
And they just were like, you know, Kip's got it. He's out in the hallway. It's like, no, come on out. It's, this is the fun part. You know, you can take care of whatever you're taking care of when we get back in. And it's just, you got to be able to see them. And that's when, you know, when I, it made, you talking just now made me think of this story. And, you know, when I was, una- I was un- unable to see my daughter uh, for quite a while after I got out of, re- out of recovery and, or out of rehab and into recovery. And we've talked and I was like, you know, Kim, what was being in school? You know, what was the hardest thing during that time frame? And she had a stepdad, and, and he was he was very uh, successful in what he did uh, in his job, and so he was always busy early in the mornings. And she said it was really hard at, at uh, Donuts with Dad because I sat there by myself. You know, as, as her father, that tears me up because I couldn't be there, or I would have. Um, and her stepfather, I'm not going to fault him either. But those teachers and those the people in those rooms had to notice that she was the only girl sitting there by herself and no one ever said a word to her. And, you know, she doesn't, she won't forget that. That's something that she'll remember from that time at that school that she was, that she was in. And, you know, if someone just would have said, Hey, you know, sit down with her and let me be your dad for the day and what's going on. And at least let her to talk about it if she wanted to a little bit would have made her feel seen and heard and loved in that situation. Um, and so it's just those little bitty things. I think sometimes that we miss so often, and, you know, this past year at the very end of, of, of school, we all have state testing, right? And there's this kid named DJ in my mentor class. And we test with our mentor classes and at Woodland park. And so I had them, you know, that week I had them all morning long and we're doing state testing. And this kid is the goofiest kid you've ever met. And, there's days I'm like, <laughs> and I've seen, and I've met his parents and they're educators. And I'm like, they did not procreate you. Um, he's just goofy. Right. And so we, we, they are, they can bring snacks in the first day. And so he comes in with this like three foot loaf of bread that he bought from Walmart for a dollar. I mean, like the big ones that a restaurant yeah. has for, for on dis- display. And I go, DJ, what in the Sam Hill do you have? What are you doing? He goes, I got bread. I got bread, Mr. Shoe. I'm like, oh. I said, go put that in your locker. Go put that up. It's going to be a distraction. And we started testing, and I could, he's, he's, I could see him sitting there kind of sulking. He just wanted his bread. And it, I reflected on that all day long. When I got home, I couldn't stop thinking about it. That bread bothered me more than it bothered anybody else. It wasn't distracting the kids. They were used to DJ doing stuff like that. And so the next day he came in, I said, you still have that bread in your locker? Yeah. I was like, go get it. And he, I said, let's share with the class. And, you know, I was like, and I, and I took him out in the hall and said, DJ, I'm sorry. It was my fault. I should have let you have that bread. That was, that was my bad. I said, so bring in whatever thing you want, you know, bring in whatever snack you want to bring in. Just kind of be within reason. Okay. The next day he comes in with this huge, I'm talking like a, a foot tall, Himalayan sea salt shaker. And that was his snack. <laughs> and I said, DJ, you're the salt of the earth. And so he, he poured some in his hand and sprinkled it around his desk and go, yep, I am. I'm like, and so it was just, you know, my perspective on that first day was, you know, I was trying to get testing started and I, and I didn't want to be bothered with his bread. When, when all I had to do was just see him and let him be him. 
he was going to test well. He did anyway, you know. And um, so it's just those little bitty things that that we have every day as, a, as an educator. We have so many opportunities to really connect and touch kids. Um, and DJ wrote me a, a little note the last day of school that said I was the only reason that he came to school every day. And I had no idea, you know. So he thought that of me, and I made him go put his bread in his locker just because it bothered me, uh, you know. And so it's just we had those opportunities each day, and I just encourage people to open their eyes and to see them and to be present and to make those connections. You don't have to be a great relationship person to be able to do that. So I think that's the perfect transition to what I want to talk about next, Kip, and that is uh, your new book, Struggle to Strength, Finding the Ingredients to Your Secret Sauce. Um, It's out now. Um, Everybody should have a copy of this. It's a super powerful book, and it really tells a lot of your story and carries along with it some of those moments that you discovered your secret sauce. But as as I'm going through it, it's also kind of uncovering for me those those layers that I had to think about of like what what is my secret sauce what what are some things that uh, without giving away the whole book here what are some things that we would want or that you would want um, people to be taking away from your book you know I just you know they'll they'll have to read the book to get the the the, the nuts and bolts of the of the story but it's the resilience and the grit and the acceptance, the grace and forgiveness that as educators and, and as people, we all have within us. Um, and if I don't, to me, if I don't share my story and what I went through um, and not just the recovery from alcohol and rehab, but you know, everything else that's in the book and with my wife's cancer and, and my parents and, and all those kind of things, if I don't share that stuff to other people, it loses meaning for me. I'm compelled to because I want, I want people who read this book to walk away with this, with this knowledge that no matter what adversity they have faced, that can become their advantage. And no matter what they're going through presently or they've gone through in the past, they can overcome it. And in there somewhere, there are lessons where you can turn those struggles into strengths to where you're not just being a better teacher, administrator, coach. You're being a better human being because you're taking those lessons and you're not just, they're not just for us. Like, you know, your secret sauce, my secret sauce, it isn't for us, it's for other people. And so I, I want others to know that an education is a tough time right now. And a lot of teachers are thinking about throwing in the towel and giving up and going on to another profession. And it's, I just want them to take away from from that book that is just those sto- those lessons of mainly resilience and grit that if you don't quit, you win. And there's lessons in there, but we just have to change that perspective. Like we talked about at the very beginning, moving to Colorado, you have to change the way you see things. And instead of seeing the bad, and I know you talk about this, instead of seeing the bad, you've got to see the good. You know, you know as you and Tom have talked, you got to stay above the line. Yeah. Um, and so when we change that perspective, and a lot of times for me, rock bottom changed my perspective. Um, it made me open my eyes to see that my life wasn't about me. My life was about making a difference for other people. And when you have that change of perspective, you're able to start to take that focus off of all the crap you're going through 
and you're you're able to start to see those lessons that really become your secret sauce, your superpowers that you can start to give away to other people. Because no matter what you've gone through or what I've gone through, there are people out there that can relate to, to those stories and to those lessons, and they need you. And as a teacher or as a coach or as an administrator, you're going to come across a kid every single day who needs what you have. And if you don't give it away, how are you going to impact them? And so it's just, um, again, I, the, the book is just to help people realize the greatness within themselves, that they are the greatest miracle in the world, and to begin to dive in and uncover all those lessons that they've learned through their story and to start to embed that and weave that into what they do in the classroom and on the athletic field and in their school community. Love that so much, folks. I'll make sure and have a link in the show notes so you can go and grab a copy of that book. Uh, we'll send you right to Kip's website so you can get an autographed copy of that book and uh, have it sent your way. Um, Kip, we're at that point in this show where um, I ask everybody the same question. It's the last question here on the show, and so it's your turn to sit on the hot seat, man. So, Kip... How right now are you leaning into leadership? To me, leadership is about service, Pep. And so um, no matter what life is throwing at me or how, how it's been, I know that I need to serve. Um, and when I am in, in service to other people, then I'm not focused on what's going wrong in Kip's world and what's so bad in in my personal life or the things that I'm trying to, to battle. Um, and you know, I know we've talked about this one phrase, we rise by lifting others and it could not be more true. And I've learned that through my recovery is that when you're, you're, you're leaning into, to just making an impact on other people, to, to helping other people to not, even if it's just like, you know, I had somebody message me the other day that, um, yesterday actually, that, that they're getting ready to move and they're just across the street. Um, and they know that I have a soccer team. And I'm like, you betcha. We'll get them mobilized and we'll, we'll get you moved. And it's just, you know, when you, when you do those things and you put your efforts and focus into helping others, all those things that you are looking for and that you need in return come back to you. And so, and I think a lot of times people get lost in leadership as a, as a, as a pedestal of power and it's really not it's a it's an opportunity to serve and so it's just i'm trying to to with this book i'm trying to serve as i speak i try to serve as a teacher and coach i just serve um because i know i'm going to be fed in return by doing that um and it's just allowing me to to make a difference with the time that i have uh, instead of wasting 46 years of my life like i did um you know, in previously in my life, you know. Absolutely, man. I appreciate that so much. Um, Kip, how does, uh, how does somebody who's listening to the show right now, who's like, wow, I got to learn more. I got to get in touch with, with Kip. What do they do? How do they reach out? Um, just go to our website. It's www.kipschubert.com. Uh, and you can email me there. My email uh, is teamshoe. So it's T-E-A-M-S-H-U at KipSchubert.com. Um, so you email me anytime, I'll get right back to you. But the website will get you there as well. It'll get you to the book. Um, it'll get you to um, uh, my speaking stuff. Uh, so everything that you need to know about me is right there on the website. You can, again, it's 
schubert.com. Outstanding. Thanks, man. I'll make sure that's in the show notes for you as well, folks. Kip Schubert, thank you so much for joining me here on Leaning Into Leadership. You know, it was really an honor to have Kip here on the show and to sit down and have a conversation with him about just life in general, about his book, about his story, and about what the secret sauce really is. Uh, Kip is one of those people that, uh, you know, you think about who we have in our classrooms and who we have in front of our kids. And Kip is Kip is the right person to be in front of our kids. He is definitely somebody who makes a difference in the life of kids. So uh, make sure you go and grab a copy of the book. You won't regret it. It is a fantastic book. And all those links are in the show notes for you. And now it's time for a pep talk. So I wrote a blog on this a couple of weeks ago, and I even did a pep talk uh, video earlier this week on it. But I want to stay on this because we're at that point in time when it's time for our you know teachers and our students and everybody else to start returning to school. And you know, if you're a first year or second year principal, but especially if you're a first year, you are so excited to have your staff come in, and you're so excited to have your students come in, but you're also probably pretty nervous because. Let's be honest, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, and it becomes quite a challenge. And, you know, what are the things I do? What are the right steps? What's, what's supposed to happen? Well, let me give you three quick tips that will help set you up for success. All right. Um, I mean, there's a million things for you to think about, but just focus on this, okay? Number one, plan on listening and listening a lot. Um, you're going to have a lot of people who have a lot of things to say. They want to know you're going to listen to them, so do it. You know That's going to help you ultimately craft that compelling vision that you're going to craft down the road for the school that you're just now stepping into. Number two is to really lean into your veteran staff. You know, you've got people who have been around for a long time, and when they've been there for a long time, it means they're invested in the community, they're invested in the school, the success of the students, so listen to them. You know, every now and again, people will say, well, you know, this veteran is cranky or this person's not on board. Start by listening to them. Don't don't take other people's words for it. You need to sit down, have conversations, get to know them, build relationships and really find out what they're all about. And then the third thing, I mean, if you feel like, God, I got to go do something, I can't just sit back, sit back, sit back, focus on your culture because your culture changes every single day, no matter what. So you know what? Start being intentional with your culture. Be intentional about celebrating the things you want to see. Be intentional about being present, about, you know, patting people on the back, you know, about really setting the tone and the environment for what your school is going to be and what it's going to be about. There's a lot of things on the horizon for you as an early career leader, but just focus on those three things. If you can do that, that'll help set you and your entire school up for success this year. Thank you for joining me here on Leaning Into Leadership. Everybody get out there and have a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy Leaning Into Leadership.